to see something strange. And welcome back to Geeks Inherited the Earth, everybody. I'm JC. Hey, I'm CK. What's up? Mike D. And this is how we're spending our Halloween uh, recording in the lab for you guys. Uh, welcome back to Geeks Inherited the Earth. Today we have a guest with us uh, since this has been a middle-aged uh, sausage fest for a few episodes <laughs> here. Uh, a lot of our listeners are female, and we decided that we need a girl geek to come in, so we have hired the wonderful Jamie Skull. Uh, Jamie, say hi. Hi, everybody. And uh, this episode, uh, we, okay, we read your feedback. We have done nothing but ramble about comic books for the collectivity of this entire show, outside of a couple of cool interviews. So this one's going to be a little bit more spread out, yep. a little bit more topics. Plus, uh, we're going to talk to our friend Jamie here about uh, being a girl geek. Sounds weird. I like. I almost feel sexist just pointing that out. Like right. she's a girl. <laughs> hey, everybody! In this episode, there's a girl. We exist. Yeah. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. I forgot. Uh, I'm just off off the top here. Uh, Watchmen is out. It is. And uh, a, a magical password fairy uh, visited me last night and brought me HBO Now, and I got to see the first two episodes. Y'all are, like, way more into this than me, I think. What do you think? You know, I uh, personally was very skeptical about it. I'm not a big fan of uh, DC's so-called sequel, uh, Doomsday Clock. I, I just didn't really know what we're, what we're getting into here, but I was actually kind of blown away. I, I've loved it. Watchmen's one of the most beloved comic book properties of all time. It is. Uh, there's still questionable debates online over Zack Snyder, or if you liked the Zack Snyder version of it, you know, which cut is the actual one. Uh, DC's tried before with this. They did the, the, you know, the Beyond Watchmen or whatever the nickname of the project was. They had all the top writers in DC come in a few years ago and try to do little side stories, and boy, was that a piece of shit. Yeah, that didn't oh, work out. Bad. I still haven't finished Doomsday Clock, though, but okay. I'm going to let you guys give your opinions. I don't know. Okay, so uh, when I started watching Watchmen, um, I was actually really excited because Watchmen is one of my favorite. I mean, of course, it's everybody's favorite, but it it's one of those that kind of led me back into comic books. Like I said, like Kingdom Come did and Umbrella Academy and things like that. Those were the books that brought me back in because I read Watchmen again as a, as a grown adult, and it hit me in a lot of different ways. So when it came on, I, was, I wasn't as apprehensive as everybody else. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to give this a shot. And... Um, about halfway through the first episode, I was like, I don't know. This is okay. And then suddenly it just kind of clicks. I agree. And it starts getting really good. And Don Johnson's just murdering it on Okay, there. I will give you that. I did not realize uh, in the group thread before I had seen it, you guys had mentioned Don Johnson. I thought that was an inside joke <laughs> from where the original Watchmen was framed in the 80s. You know, like right in the be- like end of the 70s, beginning of the 80s. I was like, okay, this has got to be like a Miami Vice show. No, it's fucking Don Johnson. No, it's Don Johnson being awesome. And Regina King, too. is She's the lead, and she is magnificent. That's oh, there. my gosh. Yeah. She's amazing. I love her. She's been in so many good things, but like, she's never quite got something to really sink her teeth into. And this is hers. And she's kind of like, she is hooded justice, I guess, in a way. It's the way I'm kind of feeling like she's the modern hooded justice because she is a police officer. It's all about police officers and... After the events of Watchmen, I think it's 30 years after. 34 specifically, I think. 30-ish, yeah. though. 30 Yeah. And it's about police officers finally after what they called the White Knight, which we won't go into Ooh. for spoilers. Oh, boy. Um, 
something happens to all the police and uh, they start wearing masks to protect their identities because uh, these guys called the cavalry, which is the Rorschach folks, they were kind of like the Batman from um, Dark Knight Returns. Right. They, they've gotten a hold of uh, Rorschach's journal and completely misconstrued what it means. Yeah, they really, really... Okay. <laughs> this, this is my bitch. <laughs> I, the first episode of it, I was literally sitting there scratching my head going, why in the fuck do you guys want me to watch it? They're taking a piss all over everything. And about three quarters of the way through it, I'm like, okay, okay, now this is getting... Episode two got me for the most part because I started really, oh, okay, so we're not supposed to like the Rorschach cult. Right, oh, right. okay, so, I mean, I'll, I'll grant you, uh, in in the in the books... Okay, Rorschach is supposed to be what Alan Moore thought a crazy right-winger was at that time, mm-hmm. right? But he, he's maybe a little racist, maybe a little homophobic, but, I mean, he's not going to go kill you for it. Right. He's only got, trying to, you know, kill scum and be the Punisher and all that shit. Uh, you know, invent gravel voice and say, hmm, for a lot and eat beans. Like, that's, that's the character. Uh, what he's not is what that cult is. And when I first started seeing it, I'm like, does that what these... And by the second episode, I'm like, oh, okay. So they do realize that they... they okay, okay, okay. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all sorts of fucked up. I do like the ongoing joke of uh, Dr. Manhattan's on Mars. Mm-hmm. They, they, so they're, they're, they're paying attention to the source material. It's just, they are so far off the reservation. And uh, the thing that got me is people that love this hate preacher. No, that's weird. And well, like, I love them both. Yeah, I do too. I, I love, love them both. both. <laughs> I, I'm like, I was like, okay, they're doing like a preacher type of thing with this, except they're doing it as a sequel. That's the vibe I got, and it's kind of filmed like an AMC show too. Oh, that's a good observation. I, the cinematography is a beautiful for it for sure. And the Trent Reznor score slaps. It does. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I do think it's funny though that uh, there's the, the the music around the White Knights, the, the the main synth in it. That's the same one he did the Halloween theme with. So I keep expecting him to start playing the Halloween. It does theme. have that uh, like '80s VHS sort of uh, sound oh, oh, to it. It's I went back and pulled up the Reznor Halloween thing. It's the same patch. <laughs> it's very synth wavy. I, I don't love like it. it. <laughs> it's it's it, 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 I can't defend this one yet, but I want to keep watching it. Yeah, it's like super. this kid, this kid, this car could slide off the road real fast. I think it's leading to something awesome, and I think there's going to be so many conspiracies built in that you're not going to understand it. I'm not going to say who it was, but a major character dies in the first episode, and I don't think he's actually dead. Uh-huh. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. I think that that's going to be an overarching thing that comes back to bite everybody in the ass by the end because they keep bringing him up, and they're going to keep bringing him up. Um, Do we know if this is in miniseries territory, or is this... Uh, the first season is nine episodes, mm-hmm. and I believe they've greenlit the second episode, if I'm not mistaken. Second, first, second, second season. season. Yeah, second yeah season. and they definitely greenlit the second episode. Yeah, we watched it. Jeremy Irons just... I, was, I loved your thing. You're like, hey, Jeremy Irons. I was like, yeah, no, he's in it, and he's great. Yep. Perf- um, uh, perfect casting, honestly. I haven't seen what that character actually does yet. I just know he makes me pee a little... When he's on the screen, like I'm a little afraid. Well, it's definitely Adrian. Mm-hmm. It's, it's gotta be. It's definitely it's Adrian. Be. No, it, it is. I mean, they make him a squid cake, and the squid is definitely what happened in this universe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 the, the, it, it can rain squid now. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Yeah, who knows why? We'll find out. I bet. Yeah. Like that, that 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 was the detail where I'm like, oh, okay, you're not. You're you're like you're. We're, this is Cthulhu comics. happened to you. Yeah, this is okay. comics. Yeah, Cthulhu this is happened in the comics. Mm-hmm. Which means Doctor Manhattan isn't an asshole true he only killed rorschach to protect uh the world from because if you remember how the watchman ends uh he's conflicted 
he kills Rorschach to save the world, but he just he condemns Adrian for what he did. But he also says, I understand it, but I don't like it, because by the end of Watchmen, he finds his humanity again. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the point. That's why the movie bothers a lot of people, is mm-hmm. because Dr. Manhattan's the problem in the movie. He's the ultimate one that does that. And it kind of destroys his arc of, I'm the Silver Surfer, I'm the Silver Surfer, I'm the Silver Surfer, I'm the Silver Surfer that's good now. And... Well, also in the movie, they wouldn't let him do the squid. That was the only detail from the books that they couldn't do was the squid because they said it was impossible to pitch to the investors. <laughs> now it'd be awesome. <laughs> we'll pro- honestly, we'll probably see a flashback with some form of uh, giant squid. I, 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 I don't know. In the books, Dr. Manhattan's still a dick. He saved no one. Well, no, he's still a dick, but, but he also evil. created a universe, but he wasn't evil anymore because he condemned Adrian for what he did. And he, but he didn't. And like Adrian said, but you didn't stop it. Yeah, I mean, Squid Pussy landed in downtown. Yeah, like, like yeah. no, they it, it, it ate shit up. Yeah. So, how are you feeling about it, Mike? Uh, yeah, I'm eager to see where it goes from here. Um, you know, I love that it's a continuation of the comic. Um, I love that there's a lot of mysteries. I love that there's a clear story in place and it's just unfolding in front of our eyes. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing this. So, where some of this goes, uh, the characters are great. The acting is amazing. I really don't have much bad to say about it. Again, the it's cinematography just is something we've talked about mm-hmm. as uh, um, shot beautifully. I mean, it's, it blows me away watching it. Lots it's of panel really, looks. It's yep. really, really well done. I'm just waiting. To, I'm, I'm, I'm just want to see what they do. Speaking of the cinematography, I much prefer it to the Watchmen movie. Even though he went in trying to recreate the comic almost panel for panel, he forgot the seediness. He forgot the griminess, the, the the almost rapiness of that universe. Everything is all just too clean and studio and I hated shiny. that movie. I didn't uh, like the Watchmen movie the story, at all. But it just, the, the vibe was off. And the, the show um, much more matches that, that seediness, that dirtiness that I'm looking for. I'll give you that. And like, uh, I liked the way that they did the Zack Snyder ver- version of that. Except for the Silk Spectre scenes where he was just panning her into center frame. And I'm like, that doesn't look at all like what they would have drawn. Uh, yeah, he does that a lot. He's got that bay thing going. Also, like right. you said, too much silvery stuff. I think, though, that he was trying to kind of dig at uh, Batman and Robin a lot. Uh, that style, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, he was he was, he was, was more um, like taking that and make, taking the piss out of it, to be honest, I think. I hope. Uh, because he even used a remix of The End is the Beginning or whatever the hell that Smashing Pumpkin song is for the movie. <laughs> the End is Not the Beginning, which is The End, which was on Batman Forever soundtrack, I think. Some Billy Corgan shit. Yeah. yeah. Just... Yeah. just <laughs> Well, speaking of Watchmen, uh, there's some other developments circling around Watchmen uh, about HBO Max, the home of Watchmen in the future. Yeah, yeah, so they're getting everything. So how does, have they announced how this is going to work? Is there still DC Direct? I know. Is that getting absorbed into this too? Yeah. Uh, DC Universe is not, it's it's not going to be around for long. Um, That's what people were talking about coming out of that uh, press conference. Also, uh, if you have HBO Now, it will just literally sw- switch from HBO Now to HBO Max. That's all that's going to happen. You will be still paying $15 a month, the same price it is now, for HBO Max. It'll just change to that. Are they taking the CW shows, too? Yeah. Everything DC. So the, so the CW shows are no longer going to be... Like, the Arrowverse and everything is all moving over here? No, no, no. They're not taking them. They'll be available. Oh, they'll service. be available. Yeah. Okay. Everything DC will be available. Nothing will be vaulted like it is on DC Universe because they do vault stuff on there. And I, that's something that a lot of people have had a problem with that little app. Um, everything will be available. And it is... It, I know it's called HBO Max, but like we, I have to reiterate again, it is Warner Brothers 
streaming service. This that's just what they named it. Right, and it's going to include brand new DC movies and DC shows with budgets of the films. This is actually a huge development. And fucking Green Lantern. Yeah, Green Lantern. Yep. Finally, 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 finally. There's the only details that they literally said was that Berlini, however you say, Berlanti. Berlanti. Like Berlanti is going to is going to do the Green Lantern. Okay, A to side to CW. Wait, 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 wait. He finally gets to produce something with no CW tags. Yep. No sound effects and nobody's yeah. going to be pretty and it's going to be... It's not going to all be supermodels, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Women will have outfits that are functional. <laughs> so that's why that's what leads me to my theory about this and this is just my prediction that... One of my predictions, because I have predictions through the shows, and half of them have been right. We need a bumper. <laughs> yeah, we need a bumper for that because your Joker one happens. <laughs> yeah, the Joker one happened. Actually, what we were talking about with the HBO Max thing that it would all transfer over kind of happened, but that was that was routing was on the wall there. But I think that Crisis might be bigger than we think. I think that Crisis on Infinite Earths might pull together the entire DC universe. They may not be able to afford everybody to put them in the show, but the fact that several of the movies are being mentioned already that we know about that have existed before, Crisis, I think DC is just going to say, hey, we got a multiverse. This is everything that happens. You can watch the stuff on the TV. You can watch the stuff on the app. You can watch our movies. It's all connected tangentially by a by the 52 universes. Well, Crisis is acknowledging the multiverse completely at yeah. this point. Like, yeah. The fact that they, they're, all of the DC movies could be just be mm-hmm. fuck it, multiverse. Yep. Uh, and, uh, if anything, this is the DC catch-all answer that they need to use. Anytime DC is in the shit pants, what do they do to get out of it? Crisis. Multiverse. Crisis. <laughs> Anti-monitor. Monitor. Crisis. Like, yep. like there's, there's just a series of buzzwords that get let, let DC skate. If if you're right though, and we see a, a Green Lantern in Crisis, holy God! I think I will be, have a heart attack. I think though. it'll be John Diggle. I think that's still going to happen. That's a cool idea. Uh, they keep saying that he's going to do something. Arrow is ending. Um, it has been hinted at a million times. He was a Green Lantern on alternate Earth. We know that for sure. It was mentioned before in one of the episodes. Um, Dude. And in Arrow right now, the multiverse is totally happening because the crisis is happening right now in Arrow. There are, are Earths being eaten up. Like, Earth 2 is gone. It's gone. <laughs> I'm digging the CW really going for the fucking gold right now for yeah, crisis. Yeah, they're, they're all in. It sounds like it's going to literally be a true crisis, not just a, a quick crossover. It's, it's going to affect everything that comes well, after uh, it. So. Black Lightning's getting sucked into it, and we know that it's going to somehow land on Batwoman. That's why Batwoman's on her Earth. It's completely unrelated. It's a standalone fucking story. For now, there's already press pictures of her like fucking with the Flash and shit. Yeah. So yeah, this is weensy-weensy time for Kate Kane to start her story, and then... They're just going to vomit crisis all over her. Yeah, I think they're going to connect everything. Here's what's crazy. So, okay. There will be a... They said they're sticking to the comics as much as they possibly can. So, either (laughs) Oliver... Okay, Oliver is important for some reason. And I don't know if he's going to die. But I think he may become the new monitor. That's how they'll get rid of him. Um, well, that does let him come back because <laughs> yep. the Mel's already said he never wants to have a day in his life where he can't show up in that universe. And the monitor literally has hired him to fix things before the crisis starts. They're running around together. That's what Arrow season eight is it eight eight is about the new season. Point is, so will a major death happen with Arrow? I don't know, but a major death has to happen. Now we have the Superman Lois show coming out. 
What Does, the hell, dude? That I, came out of nowhere. I know, right? Really <laughs> but I'm down. Because uh, Superman belongs. Superman and Batman belong on TV to me. That's how I think it should be. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Um, no, let's keep Batman off TV. See, I, I, no. want, I, want, I want a Batman show that's like a detective show, that, but that's, that's a procedural and it's a different thing. Mm. But the idea here is we have to have the scene where there's a major death. Since they're going to have a Superman and Lois show... Does that mean that he will be carrying Kara's corpse at the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths, like the cover? Ooh, the ultimate callback. Yes. And her ratings are the worst right yep. now of yep. any of the CW shows. Yep. Ooh. Which, which show is that? Supergirl. Oh, yeah. I've never given a shit I, about Supergirl. I think, <laughs> I think they kill her. I think they kill her. Uh, they either kill her or they do a, uh, a thing with Oliver where they kill him and Diggle's carrying his body or something. Um, but it's got to be something big. Ollie's dead. Ollie's gone, regardless. It's just, it's, Ollie's dead. He's either going to be uh, Ollie a corpse or Ollie the monitor. He can be Ollie the fucking Mickey Mouse, but Ollie's fucking dead. Yeah, well, he's not Mickey Mouse, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. It's the only thing that the big ears don't own right now. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, the streaming wars have begun, and the shots have been fired with this mm-hmm. HBO Max thing. I mean, begun they have, yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, these full—I mean, full full budget episodes of Green Lantern, uh, like we were talking about. Who knows what they're going to do with it? Who knows what it'll be? I, I like the idea that we were talking about earlier, and I'm going to bring it up. That it could be Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz. Be a that great way. Would it would be, be fucking dope. Yeah, <laughs> and then you have Hal already there. Like he's 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 grizzled. He's the old twenty eight fourteen dude. I would. I think that'd be an awesome idea. Like, okay, everybody's fucked up. Hal Jordan's storylines in the past. What do we do? Uh, fucking Batman Beyond that shit. Yeah. Make him the fucking old dude on the fucking hill. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, maybe even write in Guy Gardner's pub on the on Oa and just have him there, just kind of drunk giving orders. I mean, right. that would make fucking sense. And Simon Baz is a more relatable story, and so is well, particularly Jessica. Jessica. Cruz. I think Cruz could be the ultimate in for your average viewer for sure. Well, I mean, okay, we've got. Female check, ethnicity check, but mental illness check, check, exactly. check, 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 check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they can sell that to a heartbeat, especially if they play off Simon Baz being like, all right, well, I, I, they thought I'm a Muslim terrorist. Yeah. So a green, a, a ring flew on my hand for standing up to him. That was some baller next level shit when yeah. Baz got announced. And with it being on HBO Max, they'll be able to skirt uh, and flirt with territory like that and really address these issues in ways they couldn't on the CW. Yeah, they're not going to be stuck at the whim of investors. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen that with Watchmen already. Yeah, Watchmen is yeah. hardcore, dude. <laughs> hey, what about that character Glass on Watchmen? That, oh my uh, god, I'm glad you brought him up. Looking Glass, actually. Is looking Glass, name. yeah. Uh, not to correct you, but yeah, it's. Uh, I was so excited about him like 10 minutes in. His voice, his mannerisms, the mask, yeah. everything with that guy is he, cool. He's absolutely my favorite character. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. He's dope. It's either him or the chief, uh, Don Johnson, or whatever they call. It. I don't know his actual uh, moniker because he doesn't wear a mask because he that's his that's his uh, personality mm-hmm. is that he's out there. Mm-hmm. He is the leader. He's a he, face. He's the face of the police force. Um, God, I could talk about that for hours, I but know. we can't. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what, what else was on HBO? Matt, what, didn't are they, are they doing a Booster Gold movie? Uh, okay, so Berlanti has been pitching that booster gold movie for five years and now that he is stepping up big time um i think he gets his booster gold movie on on the network um i mean on the uh, streaming service that's how you give it to him so and he's just going to be their streaming feige i th- i think it'll be him and jj carrying the weight i think that you'll have a streaming feige that's kind of your tv feige that's berlanti and you'll have jj helping him carry stuff into features 
and that's how it'll work. I think they'll be hand-in-hand hand because J.J. made too big of a deal with them. And now, like I said, this is also very important. No Potter stuff was even announced at the HBO Max announcement. That's crazy. So, mm-hmm. and that's huge. So, if J.J.'s not working on that, J.J.'s not doing Potter, then what's the other big thing that they have? It's and DC. We haven't heard from J.J. in like a year, by the way. Well, he, he just wrote that comic book. Vanished. Yeah. That Spider-Man comic that he kind of just gave to his it kid. It was awful. Yeah. <laughs> it was really bad. Well, it was his I boys. hated it. Yeah. It was so bad. Speaking of which, all those mysteries in Watchmen, that's a Damon Lindelof thing and uh, a half. Yes, yes. And I love Damon Lindelof. I love Lost. And this is, it's got Lost written all over it. It already mm. does. It's its very much his, or, or um, even um, that show where it was like The Rapture that I liked. The Leftovers. The Leftovers, yeah. On HBO. He did that too. So, I mean, you know, he knows he, he knows how to make a mystery. And if you're going to do The Watchmen like this, you need somebody like him. Yeah. Speaking of the streaming wars, or as I'm starting to affectionately refer to it now, the end of Netflix. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. Ooh. Oh, yeah. This is this is going to be a big mouse versus, a, you know, the, the fucking Warner Brothers. That's mm. what it's going to be. It's a mouse versus a rabbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Every, everything else is getting eaten alive. Well, for me, Netflix already is becoming a series. Um, uh, um, a service like HBO in that uh, it's you know sixteen bucks a month. I'm at this point where when they air something, I see, I want to see, I watch it, and then turn the service back off. Well, you know, but they have so many good originals. I mean, I love all of their original programming, movies, shows, whatever. It's worth it to me. I can't get rid of it for Witcher, and they keep just randomly dropping seasons of Big Mouth. That show is fucking hilarious, oh, hilarious. man. <laughs> and Disenchanted, and Disenchanted, is it Disenchanted, oh. Disenchantment, whatever. Dis- it's awesome. I've heard that you have to go forward with Big Mouth because we watched the first episode the other night, and we were like. Mm-hmm. This is dumb. It, okay, I, said <laughs> we, the, I said the same thing. Uh, I watched, but uh, I, I watched two episodes out of sequence, and then I watched the pilot just to, to spite a friend. And uh, I, t- I looked back up. I forgot to turn it off. It just kept playing. And I think by like episode three, I was like, "Holy shit!" Mm-hmm. Like it's one of the most intelligent comedies I've seen in a long time. It's That's worth what I've it. Heard, so. It is. It's it, really it just started really fucking weak. And even they've admitted they're like, "Yeah, we didn't know how to get the ball rolling." Well, I love John Mulaney, so I'm like, I want to like this show. Oh, at first, <laughs> at first, I think they were just trying to be dumb and trying to be as uh, risque as possible and they found that you can do that and tell a story and that's what they did kind of like South Park South Park if you watch the first episode of South Park it's awful <laughs> if you watch the Christmas special that came out on VHS before that everybody's passing around in school that's really awful <laughs> um, one thing the, oh, so you were mentioning the DC Universe thing so the only thing they mentioned at the HBO Max premiere uh, thing uh, was Doom Patrol from from the DC Universe stuff. They haven't. They didn't show anything else. That was the only title they showed. I don't know if Titans is going to make. I don't know what that means. I don't know if, just because they didn't talk about Potter, they didn't talk about Titans or Swamp Thing or Stargirl and any of that stuff, doesn't mean that it's not They might be coming. so wrapped up in figuring this Saving it for later. You don't yeah. want to dump everything right out of the game. No. And, oh. and Doom Patrol is their biggest watched. That's the one that everybody really was in, besides Swamp Thing. And uh, Swamp Thing actually got really great ratings according to the app. So... I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, on the other side of the death of Netflix, The Mandalorian. Oh, oh, The Mandalorian. Yeah, Disney Plus. That second trailer just drove it home. I mean, I was already excited enough about it, but man, and that and the early Twitter feeds, uh, you know, everyone just saying it's it's stellar, it's spectacular. Warner Herzog <laughs> is cracking me up. Have you read anything that he said about this shit? 
No, no, I haven't. I've he's just... claimed that he's never seen a Star Wars movie. Probably he's not. claimed that he had no idea what the character is. He's also claimed that he doesn't look in mirrors anymore. I did read that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he doesn't want to know anything else that's happening in The Mandalorian except for his character and what his character does. Doesn't give a, his words, doesn't give a shit about the rest of it. I don't know if he's losing his mind or if he's trying to get all of the press that he can into this show. But I, I got to admit, when Mandalorian got announced, I was not excited. When they said he was in it, I got excited. Me too. And now I've been watching the trailers just so I can hope I can see some weird shit from him. And both trailers have delivered that. Oh, this trailer is nothing but Werner Herzog. Like, the whole trailer is him talking. And I was like, oh, thank God. I need all the Werner Herzog I can get. Just give it to me. And, and yeah, he's doing it because he's weird. That's why he's doing it. It's just, he's weird. And I, I love don't him. look in mirrors anymore. <laughs> like, holy shit. Who the fuck even. And it was, that quote's not even prompted, by the way. That's not like they're not like asking him about his looks or his routine or his mirrors at home. That was just random shit in mid conversation. <laughs> hey. Like I like apples better than oranges. Thank you for asking me. I don't fucking look in mirrors anymore. And yes, I'm in the Mandalorian. Fuzz <laughs> just letting you know. Oh wow. The uh, the I, first episode of Mandalorian has a major spoiler that uh, supposedly affects the entire Star Wars universe. It's, it's a major uh, thing that I'm reading. Yeah, that's why that they will not give early access to anybody no one's able to watch it before the 12th no person has seen it that is a, among the press crew or anything they're all mad as hell about it. i'm like it's not because it's bad it's because they cannot tell you what happens in the first episode because it's going to spoil stuff big time oh wow well apparently isn't the mandalorian supposed to be the bridge into the new post skywalker saga that takes place between uh jedi and force awakens so, so whatever happens there probably has to do with the Emperor, so mm-hmm. they can't mention it because that's an episode nine Ooh, thing. Yeah. And Boy, they just totally took the cat out of the bag for the Emperor being in episode nine, didn't they? Yeah. They're remember, like, when it, there. remember when they just kind of teased it? Like, oh, listen, look, there's a little bit of Emperor right here. Now it's, <laughs> fuck it, he's all over the place. <laughs> Come get your Emperor, baby. Come on. Well, you know, I'm still not 100% convinced he's in the movie. It could be uh, Seth Holocron. It could just be all, all sorts of things. He physically still might not be in it. I'm calling it he's Darth Plagueis. I, 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 I've been saying that for a long time, or that it's a Holocron recording, because the fact that you can still have... He was so smart, and he had so much mm-hmm. stuff going on that he could literally be doing stuff from the grave. He One could of be. the fucking posters is that. just his goddamn head. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but I feel... If, if his goddamn head got its own goddamn poster for a voicemail... <laughs> 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 I was just letting you know, Skywalker. I still win. Holocron My... is just fancy word for voicemail if you're not a big Star Wars fan. Especially if you've never played the Knights of the Old Republic games. I gotta collect all the... You could... Nobody would have pursued the get the voicemail quest. <laughs> That's what that shit is. There's no way... I'm, I'm, he's at least gotta be the first Sith Force ghost that we've seen. Uh, well, at least in uh, live action, there there are plenty of Force ghosts in the canon, and they are fucking terrifying. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, like on screen. Well, I yeah. mean, yeah, like as far as Rebels and um and because Rebels and Clone Wars count, and when Darth Bane and uh, when Darth Bane showed up and um and try to say that three times without Darth saying Bane, Darth, Darth Bane. Bane. Darth Bane. Uh, when Darth Bane shows up, he got away in, with it without saying Darth Bane. Fuck. <laughs> When he shows up in Clone Wars, it's terrifying. Uh, it's him and uh, I think it was Revan. 
that are force ghosts that, that test um, Ahsoka, and they are terrifying. They aren't. They, they're not blue and pretty like Jedi ghosts. No, they are big and orangey, blacky. St- Red, terrifying things. Orangey, blacky. By the way, the, also the best oranges of the new black spinoff series. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the kids show, Orangey, blacky. It's, yeah. the, it's the one. It's, it's the, the junior detention centers. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, I just finished that whole series, and it's really, really awful. It's sad. It's very. It is. Sad. I, I'm like four episodes away from finishing oh, it all, God. and everybody's like, "It's so sad." I'm like, if I went sad, I'll just get out of bed, and just, like <laughs> look around the house, like, "Fuck, I live here." Like that. No, I'm not. I got so. So many comics left to read. Oh my god! Did I pay the rent? No, but I, I, I got my Netflix back. Like, like, no, no, no. I don't, I don't want to get depressed. Like, voluntarily. Well, it's depressing. Oh, it's depressing. <laughs> it's it ends on a very sour. It night. really does. Um, the only uh, the other thing that was announced, they gave us a title, and we know kind of what it is: is Strange Adventures, um, which is the um, which in comics was Adam Strange. That's how he got his start. Um, I don't know if it, they're saying it's an anthology series that with an overarching kind of thing. And this is on with, HBO Max, right? Yeah, with Rand Thanagar kind of stuff. Um, I think that honestly, we'll just see a DC anthology series covering. It'll be like Brave and the Bold, more or less. They just couldn't use Brave and the Bold. I, think. Uh, I, I don't think I don't, I don't think that's their idea. I think they were sitting around tapping their fingers and went, "Wait a minute, they're doing the what if." On, yeah. uh, on, on, on Disney, uh, we're going right. to do our what if right yeah. here. Strange adventures. Bring it. Come and get your love. It, it, That's what of, it was. It, instead of saying Elseworlds, basically, they were like. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I think what if what if technically started before Elseworlds ever did as far as. They were doing what ifs back in the 70s. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what if kills that to death. Yeah. Elseworlds was around. Elseworlds, star, Elseworlds started with Gotham by Gaslight. That was the first book. Um it was great. I remember reading it uh, when it was new. It, it was shocking and uh, just refreshing and an awesome idea. I loved it. Jack the Ripper. So who's excited for Dark Fate? I am. I am. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. We were talking about it earlier. Um, so the reviews coming through so far have been pretty darn good. Uh, IGN did everything but take its pants off and blow it. Yeah, apparently it's a return to form since T2. Uh, I did not give a shit about anything Terminator following T2. I'm just, I'm not going to lie. T2 is classic. It's a great sci-fi movie. Anything else after that, it's been kind of shitty to me. T3 is a great drinking game. What's that? Every time that you feel your childhood's been insulted, you take a drink. (laughs) Uh, You won't get to the end of the movie, but you'll have a stellar night. (laughs) Within 15 minutes. You can also play that with uh, Genesis or Salvation or, yeah, any of that shit. Salvation could have been good if it wasn't soulless. Yeah, Salvation would have been fantastic if it wasn't a Terminator movie. (laughs) Yeah, if they would have just replaced Terminators with bloop 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 bloops, I would have have been terrified of the bloop 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 bloops. Decepticons. Yeah. Am I asking too much? Am I asking too much? (laughs) Jesus, Decepticon Armageddon. Make the movie. Do it. Uh, it. uh, Genesis is great if you watch it as like a porn parody. Like, if you just watch it, just as pure comedy. No, what you got to do with Genesis is watch the first 15 minutes, then turn it off. Ah. <laughs> right, right, when, right when Arnold shows up from T1, they recreate all the stuff. You see, the, the war in the future in Genesis is actually really cool. No, that is uh, true. <laughs> but, but, like, the rest of it just seemed like, okay, let's take every good idea someone's given us for this franchise. Say we're going to do it. And here's the spoiler. We're not going to do a fucking one of them. Yeah. <laughs> the movie. Roll credits. <laughs> and then just Christian Bell losing his shit. I'll never get over that. Mm-hmm. That soundbot is on my phone somewhere. Oh, that was great. Oh, good for you. And how was it? 
You get my fucking lights. I'll get your lights. I'm gonna trash your fucking lights. All of the re- <laughs> all of the reviews of Dark Fate right now are saying uh, uh, are agreeing with what I think the problem with all the movies since T2 have been. Uh, uh, those movies revolve around Sarah Connor, and yep. Dark Fate revolves around Sarah Connor. That's what everyone's saying. Mm-hmm. That it, it hinges on the way that you feel about um, her performance. If it, the way that you feel about her performance is how you'll feel about the movie, and as a lover of Sarah Connor and talk to people who have seen it that love Sarah Connor, they love it because of Sarah Connor. And mm-hmm. I'm like, then that's why I love it. They said it very force, very much kind of has that Force Awakens thing without spoiling too much. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I haven't seen anything Terminator since Terminator 2, which you I missed love. Nothing. <laughs> you missed nothing. Apparently. You and were fine. I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. You chose movie. wisely. Wait, I did, apparently. She did miss one thing. The Sarah Connor Chronicles. Is great. You know, I've always heard that. <laughs> yeah, and it got canceled right when I when it got really good. Yep, because yep. you can't Fox. have nice things at Fox. They would take it away. <laughs> Idiots. But uh, back to the Force Awakens comparison, I have read that that it sort of returns the franchise back to the roots it needs to, while at the same time opening the door for new characters moving forward. Mm-hmm. So yep. looking forward to it. And the girl that's playing the the character, I loved her in Hulk, or the um, female cyborgish type character. Mm-hmm. I love her in. Um, Halt and Catch Fire, like she's fantastic in that show. So I'm really looking forward to seeing her step out onto the big screen because she was great in that show. It's a really good AMC show about early computing and hacking and stuff like that. And she was just phenomenal in it. I'm going to tap Dark Fate again on the head again real quick. Did I didn't realize until I saw the last trailer, fuck, that's Ghost Rider from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as yeah. the new fucking Terminator. That's him. Yeah, that's Robbie Reyes. Well, not Robbie Reyes. Uh, what's his name? Blah, blah, blah. Can't think of it. Um, Come on, that's your deal, CK. You should know that. I know. <laughs> I wait a minute, wait a minute. Do we up. finally find a random name when we need it that CK didn't know? <laughs> Even though I think he actually did get it right. I'm pretty sure. No, that's that's the character he plays is Robbie, Robbie Reyes. Reyes. Oh, yeah. He's Ghost a cool Rider, Ghost Rider, yeah. But it's, um, oh, man, I'm going to kill myself when I find out. <laughs> oh, his actual name? Yeah, because I... Then don't look to your left. It's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> Gabriel Luna. Don't act like you. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. producer Terry. Thanks, Terry. <laughs> yeah, he would have. CK would have totally just played it off like he just thought of that. No, yeah. no, 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 I could have busted, busted. <laughs> no, no, not after that much forgetting. Oh, it's it's Halloween. It's took it out of me. It is Halloween. More down. Speaking of happy Halloween, Halloween. happy Halloween. Yeah. So well, we have uh, we do have a guest in the house. We have yes. uh, Jamie Skull here. Hi. Uh, You've, uh, you've grown up in similar circles as, as us, you know, living through the 80s and 90s, uh, being into the comics and, and games, Star Wars, all this stuff, too. So, um, you know, I'd like to definitely hear your side of things from the female side of things, you know, growing up. Uh, to me, nowadays, uh, females are everywhere in the Marvel movies, nerd culture. It's, it's, it's a thing that everyone enjoys instead of being ostracized for. So It's really refreshing to see that, Girl actually. Power. I was born in 1977, so the same year as Star Wars, so it was bo- I was supposed to be a nerd about stuff. but I, <laughs> It's fate. I um, remember, you know, Star Wars wasn't my first thing. It was actually the Linda Carter Wonder Woman series when um, I was very young. It's one of my first memories of loving that show so much and just her being such a powerful role model for me. And I just, and my family encouraged it and they loved it. And my mom tells me stories about spinning around like she did in the show to change her costume. <laughs> she better do that um, I had the underoos, you know. Um, it was awesome. I remember having, um, because of my love for the show, my family at some point had gotten me um, this. I remember it being this giant comic book. It was like bigger than normal comic books. Maybe I was just little, but. 
it was like tall it was a long comic book but it was a wonder woman comic and um to this day i can't find it i don't know maybe i made it up but i remember her being like trapped on the bottom of the ocean and i don't know it was it was it was a cool comic that i loved and i read it over and over and over again but um but then i wouldn't get into comics until much much later after that um and then um i remember uh falling in love with uh the return of the jedi the third star wars movie I was a little girl, so the Ewoks really played in my heart. <laughs> uh, Princess Leia became another big, huge role model for me. Um, Carrie Fisher, uh, love her, uh, rest in peace. Um, and um, it just started with that. That was it. Was Wonder Woman and Star Wars that really started me? Well, you can do this. worse. <laughs> yeah, and well, it should be noted that you know when when people go back and look at the old Linda Carter Wonder Woman. There was nothing else like that. No, there wasn't. Like, that was so progressive for the fucking time. It really was. And, I mean, it's it was it was a great, really awesome, um, different way for little girls to look at women. Because before that, everybody was June Cleaver and, um, you know, in the kitchen, taking care of the kids. I just recently watched that series again, and I cannot believe how close the beginning of that series is to or how close Wonder Woman the movie is to the whole beginning of that it's beat for beat oh wow almost the same it starts on Themyscira she's hanging out with the Amazons Steve Trevor crashes and people are chasing him it's in World War 2 she comes to America like just this, it's it's a great origin story and everybody forgets about it because they don't watch the very beginning wow. and I watched it the other night I was like whoa Hey, I, I did it right. That. I did, did it right. Oh, I, I, I haven't watched it in years, so I, I, I would have to go back and rewatch it because that sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's an origin story. I don't know if it's the exact first episode, but they do the whole origin of. Yeah. I watched it on YouTube, and I watched like the entire. Th- I was like, That's "Holy so cool. shit! They they did it! Like this is her exact story." And I mean, it, it's insane. And also, she was so gorgeous. Oh my in god! That show, like, Linda she, Carter is, is she going to be in crisis too? She's still actually really beautiful today. And um, and I just mm-hmm. recently got an action figure. Uh, we collect action figures, Michael and I. And uh, we, I recently he got me a Linda Carter Wonder Woman action figure, which is so perfect. Nice. And it's a really nice thing to have. Being literally the first thing that got me into any kind of nerd or geek culture. So she was absolutely stunning. Um, she might be on crisis. I, they said that she wasn't, but also Michael Rosenbaum said he didn't. He wasn't gonna. He wasn't gonna do it. And I still think he will. I still think that's a lie. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I mean, he was like, they didn't tell me how long I need to be there and need to be paid. I was like, what you doing, Ro- Rosenbaum? I'm like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> get on. Get your ass on the show that made you go. <laughs> The like the the only thing I saw for Linda Carter being on it was one of those unreliable fake news sites. That's why I'm asking. I'm like, please tell me that they were reporting yeah. something quasi factual, but no. But I do like John Cryer as Luther uh, on Supergirl. He's one of the best things that's come out of that show, besides Martian Manhunter, who is awesome on there. But anyway, continue, Jamie. Uh, <laughs> I guess like I really. Um, next thing I remember is I love being I loved He-Man and then when they mm. came out with She-Ra I was stoked I was like what this is like girl He-Man for me this is for me <laughs> and I loved um, I loved the She-Ra toys um, I had I remember one Christmas I was pretty young still like maybe six 
um, I got, um, I was really into dance too. I was a dancer. So um, I got for Christmas presents a bell, a tutu, like a ballerina costume with a tutu and the Shira costume with a mask and a sword. And I had to put them all on at the same time. So there's a picture of me wearing my tutu and my Shira mask and holding up the sword and being all superhero with, with that. So that was really fun. God, cool. those sweaty, those sweaty old Halloween costumes. No, it was just like a plastic mask oh. and a belt. I remember a belt and a sword. It was one of those basic like Walmart cheap um, mask accessory those, combinations those costumes sell for so fucking oh, much now god <laughs> nobody kept them in good shape everyone crumpled them up and wore them 50 well, and, times and this wasn't like the cheap plastic mask it was hard plastic and it was the awesome like Shira mask because it was from Mattel yes <laughs> it definitely was yeah. from Mattel the definitely. toy ding just went off in CK's yeah. brain yeah. Like, Bing. it's all good um, other than that you know the Shira I got into you know I, I was really pretty girly other than that I was into uh, stuff like uh, Barbie and Rainbow Bright and Strawberry Shortcake, that kind of thing. Um, I remember uh, back in that day, Cabbage Patch Kids being such a massive uh, fucking. I had to have killing each other. I had to have a Cabbage Patch with hammers, killing each other with hammers inside of Sears. Crazy. <laughs> you thought your Beanie Baby trend got it started, but let me no. tell you about this Cabbage Patch Kids. You can look shit. up uh, videos on YouTube right now of dolls flying through the air. It was like The Walking Dead. Parents were climbing over each other. It was crazy. It was fucking chaos. Like, and Teddy Ruxman didn't stand a chance. With his mouth moving open and closed, like, oh, oh, oh. why did they put a Bon Jovi tape in me? Teddy Ruxpin is super creepy, by the way. Yeah. Super oh, we, I used to, uh, I, I kept mine for years. And I, I, when I got to high school, I'd put like the first Marilyn Manson album or like Black Sabbath <laughs> albums in, and I'd play it and I'd just put it in front of small children or elderly people and just let it play. Oh, that's the, so awesome. The look on Teddy Ruxpin's face when Sabbath Bloody Sabbath plays is just phenomenal. Oh, that's the best idea ever. I love is that. To take a bunch of Teddy Teddy Ruxpin's for Halloween, put them in your yard, put the same tape in and make 10 of your friends all push play at the same time with some creepy ass song, dress them all up and make them bloody. And that's the scariest Halloween decoration oh, do it all ever. Be the best. Do it all to the first Manson album. The one where he keeps saying, I'm the God of fuck over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just put them all out there. Put the I'm the God of fuck tapes in. One, two, three, hit play. And then invite the youth group over to come caroling. <laughs> just a strobe light and those awful zombified Teddy Ruxpin singing that song. It'd be amazing. Do you want demons? Because this is how we get demons. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I put them in the pentagram? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you may continue, Jamie. I'm um, so sorry for the interruption. Oh, no, no, no. I love it. I'm not sorry. Though. It's great. Um, I, this is the most ADD episode we've done. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, so I was like a, a, a little, literally split. Uh, half of me was like super, super girly with dance and the girliest toys available. And then half of me was all about Star Wars and... Uh, uh, you know, I wasn't, like I said, into comic books at the time, but um, my neighbor, I became best friends with a neighbor girl, and her older brother played with G.I. Joe's, and so we would all play with G.I. Joe's together, and that got me into the G.I. Joe cartoon, and they had girls on there, too, and I was like, this is amazing, and in a way, I think sometimes we were a lot more progressive in the 80s than we are now, even, <laughs> because th- it was like such a great... Um, diverse mix of, of characters on that show. Um, I, I will say that for G.I. Joe. I've always said that. I'm surprised it's not been brought up in the past. Yeah, it, and it's it, it's fun. It's so, the most diverse cast uh, of anything probably ever. Uh, and they're finding, okay, um, okay we're, we're, you're, you're mentioning G.I. Joe, a CK in the room. And yeah, I know. for those of you who don't know, that's 
that's that this is his bread and butter it's, like, this it is, is my shit. thing yeah my entire yeah. collection is basically gi joe oh wow uh, i have a ton of the comics i have all the action figures that are from 25th anniversary forward oh, those are great oh figures. we yeah. would have so much fun playing with action figures in the spring and then we would it, it would be winter and so we wouldn't play outside of it snow and then we'd go outside and play in the snow and we'd uncover gi joe's and we were like oh we forgot about this gi joe's <laughs> <laughs> see i would go the step further if it was snowing that was time for my Arctic people to come. Oh out yeah, play. I'm Snow sure cat. we did that too. I'm sure we did that. <laughs> the snowcat was coming out to play. Awesome. How dumb of a kid was I that I never figured out I could seasonally match my GI Joe? <laughs> <laughs> no, how crazy of a kid was I that I seasonally matched my fucking GI Joes? <laughs> See, you're going this, you're going the all opposite direction with this. Like I'm crazy. I'm like I missed out. <laughs> Uh, also, not only was G.I. Joe incredibly diverse as a team, they were fighting an American terrorist group. Uh, this could have been created today. Yeah. Uh, it should be. Uh, I oh, can't if, believe this isn't a movie property. Right. Right now. If G.I. Joe was redone right now, it'd be like the most woke shit ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. It is because Snake Eyes is coming out, and they pretty much casted that whole thing up. They even have their Scarlet. This is their chance to do it right. Mm-hmm. Wow. So just, start with just, the origin story of the coolest character, the ninja. And do nothing <laughs> like the other movies that they've tried. Just just forget they exist. Yep. They didn't happen. And give us a real fucking G.I. Joe. You have Snake Eyes training with Hard and Blind Master. Um, with Storm Shadow, you have Zartan show up and put an arrow through one of their chests halfway through. You have Scarlet trying to stop it. Scarlet meets Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes fights Storm Shadow in the end because Storm Shadow paid off Zartan. He's thought about this. <laughs> you know, I, I never realized until Jamie mentioned it, though, that, uh, that wow, I, I would have never attributed G.I. Joe to, like, girl power over there. Yeah. There, oh, but, yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons I ended up loving it, because, like, my neighbor's brother liked it, and I was like, G.I. Joe, that's for boys, or whatever. But then I started watching it and playing with the figures, and I was like, There's, this is awesome. There's awesome women in this show. Yeah, Lady J and Lady Scarlet, Scarlet, Baroness. And Baroness. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been a Halloween, like, girl. out in public, like at a bar or something, like an event. I don't think I've ever been a Halloween without seeing at least one girl in a Baroness costume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's an awesome villain. <laughs> she's amazing, because mm. she's, she straddles the line like Destro. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm a villain, but I still like these Joe boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's another thing I love: not only uh, powerful uh, fem- female, feminine um, role models, uh, good people, good guys, mm-hmm. but I love to see a really great um, bad girl. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Evil Lynn. Oh, Evil Lynn. Evil Lynn yes. was dope. Yes. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love it. Then you had uh, April O'Neil. I mean, April was oh, always yeah. not just with the turtles and needing to be rescued all the time. She That's was true. fighting with them. And that, that evolved over time, too, where she became more and more like basically Casey's sidekick awesome. almost. Like her and Casey would kick ass together. Yeah. Kind yeah, of like totally a awesome. Lois Lane in that way, just getting herself in the middle of the shit. Oh, that's why I love Lois. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, Lois yeah. is one of the toughest characters in DC Comics because she is there. She was holding Clark. As he was, she was the only person standing there when Doomsday was killing him, and she wouldn't, she wouldn't leave. She mm-hmm. had the camera and just crying. Oh my God, I remember yeah, the, it. The, the force of the the blows are in the panels are making all of the glass up and down the streets of Metropolis shatter, and she's fucking fearless, just like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, go, what the fuck. She's filming and standing there and reporting and, and doing the best she can, and the oh. only person with the balls to approach Cal's corpse too. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> I mean, because he is 
like I, I say it almost every episode, he is the, the the most famous illegal immigrant of all time, or illegal <laughs> alien rather of all time. And uh, you know, he you don't know when he dies. Maybe he goes nuclear and blows everything to hell. And she's like, I don't give a fuck. Like the whole world could be an atom bomb over his death right now. That's- I mean, if you look in the frame, he lean when he dies, he leans back so she can still hold him up. Mm-hmm. I'm like that's like this is the baddest chick ever. Okay, I'm gonna cry. We gotta stop. <laughs> uh, Superman means a lot to me, dude. Well, spoiler alert: yeah, he comes Superman. back, die continuously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Lewis, how about old uh, Margot Kidder back in the day, yes. always smoking the cigarette? Yeah, Superman. <laughs> My Lois is still Terry Hatcher. Oh, I, I love Terry Hatcher. I love her. I love Lois, Lois and Clark. That's why I'm looking forward to this Tyler Hecklin Superman show because it's, we're getting a new Lois and Clark show. Yeah, that and is really cool. There's nothing wrong with that in the whole world because soups deserves to be soups and bats deserve to be on everything. Oh yeah, just the guy's a great soups. Yeah, he is. I love I love Tyler Hecklin as, as Superman. Mm-hmm. He's you know he's the shortest Superman ever. By the way, he's six foot tall. And, and the, the shortest, yeah, at six foot tall. <laughs> well, and uh, for me, I mean, Christopher Reeve is always going to be Superman in my mind. If I yeah. think about Superman, then it's that's you know I I didn't really watch. Uh, any of the sequels after that with him but I did the first Superman movie was uh, pretty influential for me um, and he stands out in my head for that and I loved it I mean it was great it, that was kind of another stepping stone to for me getting into nerdy stuff and really what hit the nail on the head was Tim Burton's Batman mm. when that movie came out in 1989 I was like I'm sold to this mm-hmm. world and loved it do you think it's more accessible for women though? Because like my daughter's nine, she doesn't know a world where it's not. You know, like she she's at the age where she's seen Wonder Woman and she's seen Captain Marvel, and she likes Captain Marvel as a movie better because she don't need no man. And when like after she watched Wonder Woman again after seeing Captain Marvel, like the first time she saw Wonder Woman, she's like, "Fuck yeah, it's Wonder Woman." And uh, you know, the second time she sees it, she's already seen Captain Marvel, and she's like, "Why does she need Steve Trevor?" I was like, "Because this was probably written by a man." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it's the story. I mean, like, take I loved out? both of those movies, but I liked Wonder Woman better, um, which mm-hmm. I was surprised about because I did not like um, uh, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman in um, Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I hated that movie, and um, I I hated her character, and I was so mad about it. I was I refused to see that movie, the her movie, because I was like. She is not Wonder Woman. She doesn't look like Wonder Woman. She's too scrawny. She, uh, you know, she's not the Amazonian Wonder Woman that I li- have my ideals that need. She needs to live up to, you know. But then I kept hearing good things about it, and as I saw trailers, and I was like, "Well, I'll go see it," and loved it. Ended up loving it. She really came, did a really one eighty for me, and like really, really. Well, she got to actually do the part in that movie yeah. where. Batman versus Superman was, I'm pretty sure, Zack Snyder on a bender. <laughs> he was like, walk like, around, look hot. Well, and um, I can't remember her name, I'm sorry, but uh, Wonder Woman was directed by a woman. Um, so, Patty Jenkins. Yeah, thank you. She's doing the sequel, too. She I'm is. sorry that I don't didn't have that okay. written down. That's what um, I'm here for. So, <laughs> uh, now CK's so, trying to reclaim it, I know the names. <laughs> Um, but I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved her. I fell in love with her for for that movie, and I'm so happy that that she's perfect. She was perfect. She did me. something very interesting with that, where she connected a nurturing feeling 
and a warmth, uh, the, the, uh, a motherly yes. feeling. Like when, when she saw the baby, as soon as they got off, she ran for that baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, a baby. And the way that she's just, she does that at the same time, with, and it showed, but it showed her ferocity, the way she is in the Power comics. Power and, for, yeah. Because even Clark is afraid of her at times in the mm-hmm. comics. He's yeah. like, she's fucking nuts. Like, I, <laughs> Bruce is crazy in his own way. <sighs> I'm very good at heart, and everyone knows it. And that's Clark. Everyone knows. That's why Bruce can, always says he can ultimately beat him in the end because Clark won't dig deep and be mean. And I will. And Diana is the one they're both afraid of because she'll just kill us at some point. <laughs> <laughs> she'll just stab us with her sword and we'll be dead. I like how you've been in there that she's really like Bruce is his own kind. No, he's batshit crazy. Exactly. No pun intended. My favorite Wonder Woman panel the last few years is when they're all holding the lasso and like, you know, yeah. what's your real name? And she's like, Diana, you know, cow, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, we knew. We knew. <laughs> Going back to my question from earlier, though, do you think it's easier now? Um, I definitely think it's a lot easier. I mean, of course, with the internet, um, information is so accessible. I mean, so accessible. If you're a kid or any anybody, you can easily if you're interested in something find out everything you need to know about it at the touch of your in your hand you know so it's um i think it's easier um but i also think kids these days are a little more detached and like not as interested in stuff like my kids forever weren't even interested in like the marvel movies and i'm like this is awesome like (laughs) why why I would have loved to have had this as a kid, and they're like, yeah, whatever. And then, you know, they gradually came in to find it on their own. But um, it's, uh, there's a lot out there. I mean, there's almost too much, really. So it's, Oh, we, we have option paralysis, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's, there's too much shit. It's you too can't, much. It's, it's hard just, even figuring out what we're going to talk about on this show, I'm like, okay, but well, there's other stuff I want to watch. I don't know if they're going to watch other show. There's I too read. much out there. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff we haven't even seen because we have so much that we're already doing. And so it's like, how I don't, you know, and working a full-time job and it's, it's just too much. Well, it's like with, uh, like I said the other night when um, when they were showing all the HBO Max stuff. This another thing that came up was, of course, the uh, House of the Dragon uh, show got oh, confirmed, right. and it's a Game of Thrones show that's set because the mm-hmm. thousand year old show with Naomi Watts got cut, and I think that's a good idea. It's too far back, but three hundred years ago with the Targaryens, and you might say, "No, nah, I didn't like the last season. I'm not going to watch it." Everybody's going to eat that shit up. Oh, I would. Everybody's going to totally. fucking watch that show. <laughs> I would definitely watch that show. All of those words that you said, I'm pretty sure words, and I have no idea what any of them mean. <laughs> oh, not You're a fine. Game of Thrones fan, are you? Okay, here's my thing with it. Uh, I do not hate uh, the the the. I I just can't get into it. I don't hate on people that do. I understand it's got a super rich lore. I feel bad for their fan base because apparently that last season was like a horrible breakup for everybody. <laughs> kind of was, yeah. Uh, I, I, I I can't get into it. Uh, I just my thing is okay. If I'm gonna do something in like a fantasy universe, that that I, I, I Elder Scrolls will do that for me, okay. and I can pick the. Lore. Oh, I'm a huge fantasy person. I read all the Same. Game of Thrones books that exist. So I'm far. not a big fantasy guy, and my, he's so. very much the modern day Tolkien for me. And mm-hmm. I've read all the, you know, to all of Tolkien's books and seen the movies. And I'm a big, big fantasy person. So, <laughs> have you noticed by reading the books, speaking of the female perspective, I feel like his wife is constantly over his shoulder, like fix that, fix that, because there's <laughs> George R. R. Martin. Yeah, because there's very much a. He, he either I think he's got the Whedon thing where he taps into the feminine he does. stuff very well. Oh, he's got very strong female strong characters, female and characters. the books are, I mean, they're 
packed full of information. Like if if you've read the books, you would mm-hmm. know the shows can't touch no. on the stuff that's in the books. And there's this, the the char- the female characters are very powerful. I mm-hmm. mean, really more powerful than most they of the are. men. They are, and they overpower them in in the end. Mm-hmm. So my fear is that he's going to be a little bit too much like Tolkien and die finishing the next <laughs> before the next installment <laughs> is too. done. Yeah, I'm worried about that too. He does know. look like he could die literally I'm at like, any moment. Put down the bacon, pick up the pen. <laughs> I always say that about yeah. every time I see a picture of him, I think it's post-mortem. I, exu- I just exu- <laughs> immediately assume it's going to be an obituary. I've never seen anybody that jolly out of shape in my life. He's like, eh, hi. He's like a big, fun steampunk Sam. Well, Santa and Claus. he stopped writing the main series to write these other like side things, which are great. Like one of them is about the history of the, I forget what it's called. Fire, book, fire and blood book, book or something. Fire and blood. Yes. Yeah. And um, it's about like the history of the Targaryens, which is awesome. Cool. Well, I want that, but yeah. focus, like finish the main story you're writing that everybody wants you to finish. Mm-hmm. The rumor is like that. I've always read online is that he, he's been confirmed saying that he doesn't know what he wants to do with it because if he does, that means it's over. Oh, I've read all kinds of stuff that he said, like he knows what he, he's got several. I think that he's probably got several different scenarios written down somewhere mm-hmm. and he's got people that will ghost write for him if he does pass away before he's done. And, uh, it'll get finished. Somehow it'll get finished. there's enough notes in that guy's house to finish these stories. It's like Frank Herbert, how he left his stuff for Brian after Dune, well, after he died. He had so much more stuff planned yeah. for Dune, and Dune has carried on. Yeah. Um, and it feels like him still. Yeah. All the Dune to me feels that way. Because, I mean, I think the, I don't remember the last one he wrote, but like God Emperor is definitely Frank Herbert, and it's amazing. And you can tell that the, the, per, the projected path of it keeps going that way. I think that'll be the same way with him. Yeah, I do too. If it needs to. I hope so. Speaking of finishing Game of Thrones, apparently, you know, we were told that Weiss and Benioff rushed through season eight so they could focus on the Star Wars trilogy, and now they're not doing the fucking Star Wars trilogy, so double fuck those guys. Uh, this is this was two hours of bitching at work. Because one employee found out, came in, starts bitching, while the other one's out of the room. Another employee comes in, finds out, conversation repeats a second time. I, had, like, I was witness to this, they're, actually. They're both Game of Thrones people. I'm not. I had to wait like an hour and a half just to be like, I'm sorry about your fucking dragon show, man. <laughs> you know what it is? It's the it's the curse of the new hotness is what it is. You get hot on something in Hollywood right now. You make something awesome. People start hiring you. The second that you get egg on your face, you're fucking out. Well, the one good thing that came out of this is, okay, they got that trilogy out of the hands of Ryan Johnson, which is bullshit. He, should, he earned that trilogy. He deserved I think he it. should do it. Uh, it did leak out of there. He still gets a movie. Oh. Cool. Because they, when they when they went down the list of cancellations, they were like, "This has nothing to do with the upcoming Ryan Johnson movie." And I, I'm like, I read that. I'm like, "Oh, you fuckers never confirmed that. You just did, right?" And this isn't like a "We got this covered" thing. That's in the fucking official thing. Yeah. And they related. Really, they go down the list of affected and unaffected projects because after the Skywalker saga is over, they're supposed to start technically two new universes like one after the Skywalker stuff and one connecting the time frame between like like the Mandalorian's gonna do right. well their like, older public show ain't happening so. right right <laughs> whatever <laughs> but uh, like they're supposed to like the Mandalorian I, I, I'd forgotten about this until you mentioned it like the Mandalorian and those shows there's gonna be a few set in between to, to get to gap between Jedi and Force and then everything else is supposed to be this aftermath of whatever happens in Rise of Skywalker. I, in my opinion, it's going to be like just completely bringing the Force back 
to accessibility for like people to be able to be force sensitive and become Jedi's and shit again. Who fucking knows? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, hopefully JJ doesn't get all reboot happy and we don't have like force flying fucking Ewoks or some shit. Yeah. I still love Ewoks. I don't care. I love the Ewoks. Yum, yum. <laughs> yum, yum. No. Yep. Save Yub Nub. They're violent. <laughs> They're like really uh, They're scary. Terrifying. There terrifying. were heads inside those helmets. <laughs> there were heads inside those helmets. <laughs> Remember first, that. The first <laughs> movie I saw in a theater was Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I can't, I, 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 I've grown to hate the Ewoks. A, is the Star Wars Christmas special. Ooh, uh, B, the Ewoks mm-hmm. movie. Because my mom is immediately like... I'll just keep shoving this down his throat because it's Star Wars. And look, there's cute little Ewoks. And I'm sitting there like, you don't understand me, Mom. And now, like, years later, she's like, I'm really sorry. I did that shit. I did understand you. I just thought that would shut you up. <laughs> see, I, I just hope that they keep the Ewok specials kind of in canon because I really want to see Wilford Brimley in Episode Nine. I just want to show I'm still stuck on this damn forest planet and I got diabetes. <laughs> Then virtual reality. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my head just exploded. Um, so you, you brought up Wonder Woman. We brought up some DC characters. Uh, you brought up the Marvel movies. What was your introduction to these characters from the Marvel movies? You didn't have that as a younger age. What What was your bridge into those? That's Marvel true. Movies? It was all DC, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Um, so really, what um, got me into Marvel was um, the '90s cartoon i started watching it as a stoner (laughs) out after high school so it had been out already for probably a couple of years because i graduated in 95 so i think it came out in 92 so you mean like the x-men spider-man yes yes and i started watching x the x-men and spider-man 90s cartoons with my roommate and we got super into these characters i mean i fell in love with all of those characters all the x-men and spider-man and uh particularly spider-man and rogue um, Rogue is still a favorite character of mine today. Um, I just looked up the name of the character that played her. Her name was. Oh, we were. I was talking about the the George Buza interview. You guys, it was a great interview. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, I want to look up the the woman who played Ro- Rogue, and her name is Lenore Zan, and she's apparently a Canadian politician these days. <laughs> so that's pretty fun. Um, but she's her accent is when I read Rogue in the comic books today, I still hear her voice. Um, like and so Rene. my roommate yeah. and I, she, um, we were like, we. We need to go and get these comics. We need to go to the comic shop. And I've never been to a comic shop before now, before then. And uh, so we were like, let's go. And so we went to the our closest comic shop. It was called, we were living in Charlotte, North Carolina at the time, and it was called Heroes Aren't Hard to Find. So shout out to Heroes Aren't Hard to Find in Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> That's a dope name. <laughs> it is a good name. And um, so we went there, and we had no idea what we were doing there. So we go over to the like DC and Marvel section, and we were completely overwhelmed because everything was like numbered in the hundreds and we were like uh crap we're were, really far behind on this (laughs) and there were just x's everywhere like what are all these x books we were like i don't even know what to do here and so we just started wandering around the shop and then we found the indie section where image had just come out image comics had just started being a thing like within the past year or so and um spawn was pretty brand new i started picking up spawn comics um uh they were only it was like number i wouldn't have picked it up if it was past number 10 so it was probably like you know five or six i don't know um and there was all kinds of cool stuff on that indie rack we started picking up all these different books um one of my favorite ones was um uh david mack he's a very popular artist nowadays does a lot of covers um and a lot of great work and his first 
it was a college project. Um, it was called Kabuki, and it was mm. it became one of my favorite comic books. And then I ended up getting a tattoo of all the masks from that that comic book. And uh, uh, just recently, our local comic shop, um, Comics Exchange, Bill, the owner of Comics Exchange, went and found these porcelain masks from that book in the back of his. He was like, "Hey, I just re- remembered something. I've got these masks," and he just gave me these porcelain Kabuki masks. We love you, Bill. We love you, Bill. I love my masks. Sorry, I owe you so much money. I'll go pay you soon. Uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll take some pictures of those masks and get them up on uh, our Facebook. Yeah, page. it was such an awesome thing. And call back to, you know, when I got into comics and um, we started collecting all these indie comics. I mean, David Mack, uh, Blade of the Mortal, which I just we just realized there's a TV show that just came out. What? Um, on what, Amazon Prime. On Amazon Prime. Brand new anime. Awesome. It looks just I like love com- that book. Oh my god, it's amazing. It just came I, out. I remember like it's one, only on like episode three. One of the images that just strikes me so hard was him he killed an elk or a deer and he's walking out of the woods with it over his shoulder. Oh yeah. And like he's carrying it. And I just, I'll always remember that because I was always thought, well, first of all, I was like, well, you can't do that. <laughs> That'd just be messy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I thought, that's cool as hell. He's really strong. The story <laughs> behind that book is absolutely insane. And so I'm really looking forward to this series. Um, the, the anime does not hold back. It is gory as fuck. It should be. That book <laughs> well, and the book is gory as fuck. Um, the, the, art, the, uh, the creator, uh, Hiroka, Hiroke Samura, is um, uh, the writer and the artist. And he's meticulously... Uh, meticulous in his art his drawing and um it's i mean when you're reading those books it's like watching it's like watching a show that's how that action he's able to portray and his artwork so much is so awesome um so i'm really excited about that show and then um you know i got into like poison elves i don't know if you guys ever heard (laughs) it's really it's really good drew hayes was the creator of that Um, so most of the stuff i was reading back then was um creator you know, they wrote and and drew all everything. So. Image and Top Cow and stuff. Yeah. Like that. And that's right when yeah. indie comics started being real comics and not just weird softcore porn. Like right, no, Lady that's a Death great example. Oh, oh, and oh, and oh. All that when shit. I first got into it, I was like Spawn, and then Gen Thirteen. Gen Thirteen was softcore pornography. It was, <laughs> and I looked back. We recently went through all my old comics, and um, I still had a bunch of that stuff. And I was going through those old Gen Thirteens, and I was like, "What the fuck? Aspen. This is awful." Aspen. I found it <laughs> super oh, dirty. Right, right. I found an old. Jay Scott Campbell. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I found an old issue of Don cleaning out my mom's basement a couple of years ago and just started going through it. And literally, there was a two page spread that was just zooming in on her or maybe some other character, I don't know, in lingerie with each panel, like her nipples being drawn in more. And it drew, just goes down to her vagina slowly, panel by panel, over a two page spread. And the last two of them just so pussy teeth. And I remember yeah. just throwing the book, and I'm like, how fucking stoned was I? Yeah. <laughs> I never got into, the, like, Dawn or any of that. It was all there was a couple porn. of things awful. I found that I picked up that, like, one-offs that I was like, whoa, why'd I get this? So much weird <laughs> stuff. But yeah. you know what? Angela, she transferred over to Marvel, and she's done so great there. That's true. Being oh, that's Thor's true, sister yeah. and all that. I love Angela. And she was Guardians of the Galaxy for a while. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was with the Asgardians of the Galaxy. I yeah. was uh, actually working at a I comic like shop that. right around that same time. Uh, and I remember that the Dawn TNA stuff, we had it in the back room. You'd always get the trench coat creepers come in, and they would have oh, subscriptions yeah. to all these there TNA was all comics. Kind of stuff, yeah. uh, you know, I don't want to make fun of stuff other people are into. Everybody's into different stuff. Sure. But it was a little creepy. Yeah, little that's creeper. <laughs> what's really creepy to me is when I see 
guys a little bit older than me with lady death tattoos because you know when they got it that was their way of being like no man i'm not creepy look this is a strong female character in a comic book <laughs> and now you know the internet's out and we're like cats out of the bag you're on a watch list fucko <laughs> uh-oh I was, hurt. I was i saw somebody dressed as lady and don't get me wrong if you can cosplay as lady death and pull it off you are a strong female yeah, um, yeah. you don't give a damn yeah. I, have a friend that, I have a friend that does it and she she pulls it off and it's rad but like i was i was pointing out to one of my other friends i was like it's such a cool costume and she was like it's a bikini <laughs> like, yeah. yeah you're right it is it's not hard you just have to be able to be in the gym for six months and not eat bread to <laughs> well we're at about an hour eight here uh anything else you guys want to hit before we get out of here mm. we could literally do this all day we didn't even get into like too much more into toys which we got to mention a couple of times indie comics i just you're gonna have say, to come back and visit us again. I, I will but i do i want to say that image um getting back into comics i, I had to get out of comics for a while because i had kids when i was young and raise them but um michael's recently we've gotten back into comics together and got started going back to the comic shop comics exchange and i want to say that i still love image comics i i'm now and in getting into x-men and dc and marvel stuff but image comics kills it right now there are a lot of great image comics out there like rat queens uh rat queens. snot girl i love, love snot girl i Thank love you. snot girl so weird and awesome oh it's so weird and awesome the artwork <laughs> is beautiful too leslie hung does an amazing job with the art on that weatherman i don't know if you've read weatherman no, not yet. Uh, Sub- it's brutal southern bastards um, is that what it's called i haven't read that southern way i know bastards. what you're talking the about the werewolves no southern. the redneck one oh i, don't, I, don't, I, I can't think of the name of it something like that i can't think of the name of it I have a collection of them, and I, I'm waiting for them to finish the story before I go back and read the rest of it. It's something like that. I can't think of the fucking name of it right now. It's going to kill me. I'm Googling it. Google it. Um, Mark, Mark Millar is killing it on all these um, mini series that he does. They're usually about five or six issues. His track record reborn. is awesome. What a maniac. He just He's a so man- creative. So many creative. ideas. So many ideas that he can execute so well. Um, one of my favorite artists, he's um, actually doing this um, for DC called Harleen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is, uh, we call him Steven Stevens at home, but um, his name is pronounced Stepion Shej. And I had to look that up. <laughs> Um, I was directed Southern Bastards. Rick, Rick Remender is a great um, um, writer that's writing for a lot of Image Comics. Low Seven to Eternity. Um, Black Science. Sean Murphy is an amazing artist. He I is actually doing. He did Tokyo Ghost, but he's doing a White Knight for DC, which is an alternate uh, Batman story. Which I didn't. I pay any attention to at first, and I, I regret that I didn't because I'm story. getting the second series now, and I can't wait to read the um, graphic novel for the first run of that. So. Super. Good. By the way, you mentioned Tokyo Ghost. I want to shout that comic series out. That has been one of my favorite uh, indie stories since the '90s. It's, Tokyo Ghost is awesome. Well, if you like Tokyo Ghost, you need to read Weatherman because it's in the same vein, different yeah, different creator te- creative team. Weatherman is. Um, Jody Lehup is the writer. Nathan Fox is the artist. But it's a, it's a very, very much in the same vein as Tokyo Ghost. Who is um, Sean Murphy does the art, and it was um, who did who wrote that? Rick Remender. I think it was Remender. I think it was Rick Remender. So it's excellent. Excellent. It's got to be because his he he got another project after Black Science got renewed, and that's when the Tokyo Ghost stuff started dropping. So yeah, that tracks. Uh, the image does a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, wait, isn't Saga image? Yes. Saga okay. image. I was like, I was like, I've read every I was, that, and I was like, Saga almost just feels like its own imprint to me. I, I was a little behind to get into Saga, but I'd love to read some of the graphic novels on that because I've heard it's great. It's wonderful. It's amazing. It's That's why I feel like it's not even image because it's like its own thing. It's it, it's so big. That's it's really such cool. a huge story. I mean, they're in. There's so many volumes out now. It's amazing. I mean, it's just 
it's it's become its own beast. It's really good. Nice. Um, I have a few recommendations as well this week uh, with spooky stuff going on since it's Halloween. Yeah. Um, Boom Comics. There's two comics from Boom Comics I'm really enjoying. Both have to do with monster hunters. Something is killing the children. Oh, we just started picking that up. <laughs> which is amazing. And Once in Future, which is also really good. Uh, it's about a, a, retire- a monster hunter coming out of retirement and um, hunting. Mon- they're both great. I don't want to spoil anything about them, but just check those out. Trust me. They're both from Boom Studios. They're both great books. They have beautiful art, beautiful writing. It's wonderful. Check out. Boom's really been stepping it up. Yeah, they have. Um, Anything that's new, like that's coming out on Boom or Image, I'm like, well, I'm gonna definitely gonna at least flip through it and see if this is cool because there's some good stuff coming out. Those are my two favorite books right now, and um, they're just they're crushing it. Um, And it's perfect for Halloween. (laughs) It's spooky. So check those out. Once in future, and something is killing the children. Which is. um, that is who's the writer on that? Uh, I forgot. It's not, anyway, it's not Soul, is it? No, it's a, no. It's a name that's like really, really super. It's normal. your favorite DC writer. He yeah. writes Detective. Or oh, James Tinian, Tinian. of course. Yes. Yeah, I was trying to say his name. I was like Tinian. Uh, I'm like D. I can't remember one of my favorite writers. <laughs> <laughs> we all I should have remembered that too. To be I think fair, we all took the red pill today. <laughs> <laughs> I just am really glad that there's the that we haven't started the video portion of this show yet because uh, if if we if we all could have seen what Mike D's face just looked like, <laughs> it would be the best gift that would never leave every comment thread ever for the rest of weeks. Uh, well, uh, Miss Jamie Skoll, um, thanks so much for being here with us and giving us your side of things, uh, joining us here at the table. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. I hope that I get to come back and give the uh, girl geek perspective in the future. We didn't even talk about Marvel movies all that much, so we've we, believe me, we beat that horse to death. <laughs> well, I we haven't. Have, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, when you come back for sure. Uh, my uh, my my recommendation out before we go is uh, Batwoman is straight fucking fire. I'm excited about Batwoman, it's and I love epi- that actress. It's a few episodes down right now. She's getting her own little time before Crisis sucks her up. And uh, it it fucking thumps. I really like it. I mean, yes, it's CW. Yes, they're pretty, but at least this is darker and grittier. It it, it fits. It's if it wasn't CW, it would be better because they wouldn't be because they do have those production confines and laws they have to abide by when they make the show. But they're finding every fucking loophole they can, and they are tap dancing around it like a fucking like they're running through a minefield. It's it's it it, it slams. Check it out. That's good to know. I was really curious about it, so I will have to check it out. And you don't have to know the rest of the Arrowverse for it. This cool. is it's on oh, its that's own. Good to know. It's on its mm-hmm. own planet, and they're going to tie her into Crisis in a way that if you don't want to keep watching the other shows, cool. Here those people are, but like we've addressed before, when they do their crossover shows and see it up, you don't really need to have watched all the other shit. They explain it pretty well. And that's the closest I'm going to get to a Batman show. So it's I, I watched it. I like it. The first episode was a little rocky. I could tell. I was like, it's a pilot. Get over it. Yeah, the, three episodes is what you need for everything. The pilot's yeah, a little okay. bit rocky, but by episode three, it thumps. And, and honestly, that's my test. That's that's the litmus test. If you can get through the by the third episode, if it doesn't have you, it probably won't. Any show. Um, by then, they, the growing pain should be over. At least by the fourth, when you're going into it, you should be interested. Well, uh, my personal recommendation, uh, I'm going back for something we talked about earlier tonight, uh, Watchmen. Unless that show shits the bed completely, um, it, it's going to be A+. So if you haven't checked it out, give that a shot. And uh, 
Now we typically don't focus on video games. That's for our sister show, DLC Respawn, which I'm going to be a guest on uh, here coming up next week. I'm excited about that, which I'll go more into detail on this. But I've really been enjoying uh, The Outer Worlds. Uh, that, that's too. a stellar game. Um, it really exceeds my expectations. It's just really got that classic Obsidian RPG feel. Um, definitely going to give a shout out to that. And you can hear me talk more about that on DLC Respawn. And what's cool about that, what's crazy, is that uh, my buddy that works at GameStop still, he was letting, he was telling me that they under-ordered for that game and that nobody has it, had it in stock the first day. It was gone. Wow. They bought them all out. They, they were like, we don't have one in the store. We can't even get one right now because all the other stores were sold out. <laughs> it, it, it's it's going to be a little cult thing. It's not going to be a massive hit. Think of it like the Joker, right? Like it's going to mm. be a small hit. That's going to make them plenty of money for that that studio, but it's not going to make Call of Duty money. But that's not the point. Joker's now the number one selling movie, uh, our movie of all time. Though. I know. So. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. But still, if you look at that budget, look at what it's oh, made okay. versus, okay. say, Endgame. You know, you can't compare them. I see what you mean. Yeah. So it's going. It's that. It's that smaller hit for a niche audience that that really loves the first two Fallout games and wants something like New Vegas. And like you said, Obsidian. It's very I think it feels more like Code or 2. Well, it's also got a huge Firefly influence for people oh, yeah. out there that have that uh, gaping void in their soul tried out of worlds. That might uh, help you out. It is Firefly. Um, <laughs> so before we go out uh, with the music, um, we're going to lead into an interview that I did at Fanboy Expo with Kirk Acevedo and Rick Gonzalez from Arrow. That is very exciting. Thanks for thanks for tuning in, and thanks, uh, Jamie Skull, for being a guest. Thank you. And this is CK signing off. JC out. Mike D, see you later. And Jamie Skull, bye. Hey, guys, this is CK from Geeks Inherited the Earth, and I'm here with Kirk Acevedo and Rick Gonzalez. That's right. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Well, How are you? Doing well. Uh, so... Uh, just to um, cut it short a little bit, obviously you guys are both incredible on Arrow. Uh, Kirk, I've been following you for a long time since um, Band of Brothers. Yeah. And also Coach Carter. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you. It meant a lot to me, man, when I was growing up. Oh, thank like you. That movie inspired me. It really did. Uh, also, I loved Fringe. Appreciate it. Uh, what was it like working on Arrow with, uh, with these guys? Oh, it was great. I love Rick and David Ramsey and... Uh, you know, they're two favorite people to work with, and uh, uh, it was a good time. Everybody was great. Yeah. Well, you're an excellent villain. I mean, it's just uh, terrifying. Yeah, I, I, I love the dragon. I mean, it's just an amazing character. Uh, uh, and, I mean, Wild Dog, man, uh, it's amazing. You know, it's, uh, you took the character to another level that the comics never really did, and I appreciate that you brought the street to it, yeah. and you brought that uh, that energy. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think that was uh, that was. That was kind of the plan for Renee was, uh, you know, the comic books, Jack Wheeler is like this, like, middle of the road guy, you know, and yeah. I think we the show needed some inner city energy, you know, mm -hmm. to kind of show the glades and kind of color it up a bit. I think the show was kind of missing that. And the producers felt like Renee uh, represented like the streets, you know, somebody who had a troubled past and, you know, has a lot of color. So, yeah. So uh, what's it like getting ready for the uh, the role uh, as far as training and stuff? You know, it, it was in my wheelhouse, so it actually was, it, it was very simple. You know what I mean? It wasn't very difficult. You just got to have fun. That's it. Well, I mean, you, you guys have always been physical actors. I mean, you know, and you, you bring it, and, you know, I, I can appreciate that. Um, so, real quick, what do you guys think about Crisis on Infinite Earth? I mean, it's going to be great. I mean, uh, we got a lot of stuff in store for you guys. Um, I finished my two days on um, 
the uh, crossover last week, and um, my stuff was, I can say, it was very emotional. Um, and so um, there's moments there that we're trying to capture and kind of close out, especially our season that will culminate with a lot of emotion. And, um, you know, um, it, it's kind of bittersweet to get to this level and especially to take to use Christ's infinite earth to kind of like usher us into the end of our show. Uh, but I think it's kind of the perfect way in a way because it uh, it's really grandiose and just very big. I mean, we're going out with a bang. So this would be great. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. I cannot wait. Uh, what kind of pro projects you guys got coming up? Uh, you know, nothing definitive right now. It's, you know, there's some things that are in the pipeline, but just nothing definitive yet. Yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah, no, I mean, I have some stuff like lined up, but I can't speak on it yet. So. That's okay. That's yeah. all good. Right, well, hey guys, I really appreciate talking to y'all, and I mean, yeah, and um, hey, check out Geeks Inherited the Earth on Outlander Media Group, and uh, thanks guys. Absolutely. Peace. Thank you, peace. Fighting for your rights And the old red, white, and blue Wonder Woman